Hi. I'm sorry. What are you trying to do here? I don't think I've ever seen something so uninspired. What am I listening to here? It's bad. Oh, God, that is It's just, terrible. it's bad. 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 And now, face the critics. Yes. Um, hello and welcome to episode seven, lucky number seven of Face the Critics. This is a podcast brought to you weekly where we bring our creative works to face the critics and we catch up and report how our last week in the world of creativity has gone. I'm one of your hosts, Stuart, and I'm here today, as always, with Wyatt Bunce. Hello. (laughs) Today is a very special day, Wyatt. It is a special day. It's an incredibly special day because we have our very first guest in this Face the Critics format. And this guest is an actor and a writer. He's been featured in Sports Illustrated, Men's Journal. You may know him from Man in the High Castle. And also, he is a world-famous critic and a bit of a major dick face. He has been a very vocal critic in Wyatt's world, Um, Mm -hmm. and we thought what better way to vanquish a critic like that than to bring him onto the podcast. Um, But that being said, Wyatt, I thought you, Wyatt's been doing most of the organizing uh, for this um, first You can say that again. (laughs) Well, um, I was just wondering where he is, because I thought we kind of worked hard to schedule this time, and... I the truth is, Stu, I don't know where he is. I don't know where okay. he is. We okay. are our guest is not here. And yeah, because he set this time, right? Didn't he say? Well, he, he did, and it's classic him to expect the world to bend around him and his desires, and to expect mm-hmm. a couple of creatives to to make the world the way he wants to see it, which is what he expects of us in his yeah. in his in his critiques, which are, by the way, idiotic. Yeah, it's such an, an example of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go fully that far with his critiques. I think sometimes, you know, they're they're based in truth. Yeah, a lot of the time. I think he is nasty. I think we all know that. I think he belongs in the dumpster. And he's tr- he's a true shark. And 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 what's and I, and I don't mean shark in the good way. You're a good, you're a shark in the good way. You're thinking about money and deals. A business shark. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a shark in the bad way. A critic, and um, it's just so typical of him to be late. So you know what? Why don't we get the show on the road? Why don't we do our um, our letters from the road? Yeah. Again, I think I being your partner, I just want to say uh, I was pretty supportive of me to to agree to ha- bring this critic on to our podcast and i'm not gonna have you slander our first guest before he arrives i'm very excited that he was able to all join. i'm saying look all i'm saying Stu, is he's a all i'm saying is he is a, he's a bad guy mm-hmm. and he wants us get he wants us out of the he wants us no longer creating stuff i mean you keep saying us i i haven't felt that so i'm I've, i'm not invalidating your feelings i'm sure they're real whatever the story you're telling yourself sounds really intense but um all I've ever seen from him is a eh, pretty nice guy, pretty accomplished guy, and, you know, makes fair commentary. But we'll dig in if he shows up, when he shows up. Um, yeah, if. And... 
I've sort of made a point to dig deep and think about things that, you know, I, I, I've recently been feeling the sort of numbness of quarantine, but I, I, I decided to dig deep and think about some things I really want or some dreams that have yet been to be realized. And um, one of those dreams is getting more of a, a community in the comedy world more of a comedy community and to build one and to be a part of one. And um, mm. so I, I've done a couple things that have, you know, felt a little crazy to me um, in that I've been like DMing people I admire yeah. uh, on Twitter, just say, just with like ideas of bits or something or like potential, like little things we could collaborate on. And it has felt really good to kind of take the bull by the horns on that and also take a little risk in asking. I, w I was listening to something that said there, there are four levels of asking questions. So a level one ask would be one where you absolutely know the answer is going to be yes. A level two question is where you you're pretty sure the, the answer is going to be yes. So if you if I were to if someone were to say to you like, hey, um, I just want you to know, like, Clarissa's really into you. You should ask her out. Then if you ask her out, you have all this knowledge that it's probably going to be a yes. Yeah. A level three ask is you have no idea. It could go either way. And a level four ask is it's probably going to be a no. Yeah. And what this guy argues, who I was reading, is that if you can bring a lot of level four asks into your life, it is going to, um, I guess, feed this boldness or um, it's gonna bring some magic into your life. Mm. So I'm, I took that to heart, I'm trying that. It, it has added some excitement to my life. With that, I wanna ask you, Stu, I, I would love to make a level three ask of you, which is um, to give me a little more airtime. Okay, on the, on the podcast? Is this funny? Sorry, no. Yeah, you just laughed. Uh, well, I thought you were trying to, you know, build your comedic community by cracking a joke with me, but um, clearly, uh, dude, you I'm... know, one thing, one thing you didn't prepare me for is someone to laugh in my face when I ask a question. Yeah, um, that wasn't in the book. Yeah, so I guess you could take a laugh as a no. So just chalk that up to a fifty-fifty ask that gave you a no. Um, but I, I gotta, I, I, as much as I didn't like your question directed at me i i did like your points um that it's, it's an interesting concept and I, I was wondering like how do you psych yourself up for for level three and level four asks when you're like about to dm uh, someone do you just go for it or is it kind of like like screaming in the mirror and then you just trigger it well that's a good question i mean the dm wasn't that scary because it's a dm you know it's yeah like, whatever it's on the internet but i did um ask I gave someone my number, uh, a stranger, and that was nerve-wracking. I had nerves in my stomach, and the way I psyched myself up is I was like, I, just over and over in my head, I'm like, um, the, the nerves I'm feeling are a physical sensation, and I can do anything while they're there. They're not controlling me, you know, sort of that on repeat in my head. Stu, do you want to get us rolling on some letters? That was kind of my letter from the road. My letters this week are um i had a pretty uh 
you know, a pretty low start to the week. I kind of, you know, was, I hadn't been exercising for a while. I had a big deliverable on work that wasn't like as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. And just had a couple things where I was just like in a funk. And I thankfully decided still to have my bi-weekly therapist call on Tuesday and nice. that was really Me nice too. it was like uh <laughs> yeah I'm trying to like keep as much therapy on that call as possible and limit it and, and face the critics but uh it was really it was huge it like got me out and something that we've talked about on this podcast that I you know it's easy when you see it in someone else but I have not been checking myself on it's just like constant negative self-talk like no mm. room for positive vocabulary and just mm. like in the call on tuesday he was like dude you haven't said one remotely positive thing reflecting on yourself this entire phone oh. call and i was kind of yeah. like yeah i guess that's not what i do anymore um and so just really had um work cut out for me over the next few days where i was just really focusing on being positive just like getting up and moving where I kind of burn these days just sitting up here working and 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 bleeding hours and really trying to give some texture to my day where I get outside and I'm, I'm just like not uh mm. shutting down so that was good unfortunately like I had this like <laughs> my foot go numb um due to sitting with my legs crossed uh which is very distracting <laughs> I'm like a naturally slightly OCD human being. And so when I have a physical symptom, I just completely obsess over it. And uh, so that's been another we exercise. We love OCD here. We love OCD. I, I too have my own OCDs. I've been like flexing my foot for, you know, when it stops being numb, I'm going to have the most jacked foot ever because I've been flexing it for, you know, nonstop for three days. Um, <laughs> but that old jacked foot old jacked foot i'm gonna have one super strong foot um but yeah so i think it was kind of like uh one of those weeks where you kind of like like wake up and like slap yourself a few times you're like i've been kind of with a few kind of coming up for air above water i've mostly just been like slowly sinking for the last few weeks so um that was a good realization to have yeah otherwise pretty uh can i ask you a question yeah hit me um so i noticed in your story about your therapist that you have a male therapist yes um and i was just talking about this with a friend of the show persia yep and she asked me why do you have a female therapist yeah and i thought long and hard about it and you know it's interesting because i i have sisters four sisters yeah and a mother and a stepmother and I think I'm just more comfortable sharing my feelings with women. Hmm. And I wonder, you have a brother. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that has something to do with it. But but was there a reason why you picked a male therapist? Um, no, not not directly. I mean, I've had, I've had a female therapist in the past. Um, but I think I am more comfortable sharing with men when it comes to, like, vulnerable things. Um but I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely practiced, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you're more comfortable with. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's actually a child therapist most of the time. Um, well, that's appropriate. Yeah. 
So he really manages my temper tantrums when, you know, I drop, <laughs> I knock over the brick tower and oh, it's just yeah. so frustrating when the bricks fall over, you know? And yeah, uh, right. He's really good at yeah. calming me down. Uh, um, I but also I definitely did. Yeah. Go, go go. I was just going to say, I also took um, your human design quiz. That's right. Thank you for following through on that. And found out that I was a manifester, which felt right. Or is that what it's called? We got a manifester in the house. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It does feel very... So I just got off the phone with Steven Spielberg. Well, um, our guest critic is here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Neil Bledsoe. Looks like he's already off on some other bullshit. Actually, Wyatt, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off there, Wyatt. I, I just want to say thank you, Neil, for joining the podcast. I mean, we are so happy to have you here. Um, it's really a big deal for us. You're our first guest. And, and you know, I want to just give a little bit more of a positive spin. Um, we respect your experience and, and, you know, using that as your jumping off point for criticism is, is really powerful. So um, great to have you here. Stu, what do you do? Um, my day job is I'm a product manager for a startup out here in the oh, Bay. Right on. And yeah, it's, it's a good job, but um, I was, the, I'm not sure if you know much about the origin of the podcast, but I was supposed to uh, be going to business school this year, and I kind of had a existential crisis in the lead up and um, made the hard decision not to go. And um, this is kind of like the foray into creativity. Um, and, you know, I've still got one foot in the professional world, but it's been good. What's the, what was the existential crisis? Just that I was going further down a path that I really didn't want to be on. And Where did a, you see yourself in 20 years if you'd continued and gone to business school? Um, do it, you know, working in product or uh, in a corporate environment that was not fulfilling mm. um, and less time for creative space and harder time explaining to myself why I need to take a break or try something different. Um, Interesting. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I had a moment like that when I was, when I was, um, uh, I don't even know if Wyatt knows this. I, so I dropped out of high school when I was, uh, when I was 17 and uh, I didn't graduate my first senior year. And I went away to like uh, one of those like bad kid schools where they like send you up in Idaho, right? And in Idaho, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you do know this. So, um, and I went to uh, the next year. I went to a boarding school and I uh, got my grades up and et cetera, et cetera. And so I was kind of back on track to go to college. And I had a moment similar to what you're explaining, which is. Um, and I remember I didn't want to go because the only reason I can conceptualize going to um, going to university was to join a fraternity and get drunk and drink away four years of my life and just kind of follow this conveyor belt like progression mm. into adulthood. Um, and being from Seattle, it felt like that felt like some kind of white collar small town where everybody did the same shit that their parents had done, mm. their grandparents had done. And I remember being like, I don't. I, I remember pumping the brakes at a very young, young age and being like, no, fuck that. I got to do something else. And, and I made that step into creativity and it's been mm-hmm. weird and wild and woolly. And be, it's felt like I, like I bushwhacked my way off of the trail. Um, yeah. And 
I can't say it's always been easy, but it's been very fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, um, I did, well, Neil wrote a beautiful story. I'll take off my, uh, my Wyatt Bunce hat here. Um, it's a beautiful story. Neil's written about it, that, um, that story of going to that Idaho camp and your transformation after it. But, um, Mm. yeah, I think that that moment, that decision where you see your life going down a certain road, you look to the end of that road and go, I don't want to be there. And then, Mm, and, and it's so interesting, Neil, you made something, a comment about this. And I, um, feel similarly about myself and maybe about Stu as well. Um, but Neil, there's that photo you shared of yourself and you said, the life is not in my eyes in that photo. Oh yeah. And it's so true. It's not. And now you do, I mean, now that you like your, your whole, it's like, it's a different person, even though that was, it Mm. was a while ago, but you just look more like, you know, alive, you look alive, you know, you look alive, you look more yourself. Yeah. And I similarly, um, I, I don't know if this is related, but but I th- I think before I started like doubling down on living the way I want to live, I I feel like I had I had perpetual bags under my eyes. I still have bags under my eyes, but I used to have like really, <laughs> um, they used to be really bad, and oh, yeah. uh, and and also I mean I was just like I was meek, and there there there, there were just so many things different, but there is something like your soul truly does respond to a decision like that. And I, I feel like my energy levels are higher. My face looks different than before I made the decision. Um, and everyone's decision is different. Everyone, it's not, everyone's not going to go into creativity. Um, but when Stu called me and told me I'm not doing business school, I just sensed, I was like, yeah, that's a good choice for your soul. I think in your case, yeah, man. in your case. Yeah. And I've always felt uh, a very powerful, like artist in your soul. And so I'm excited to see um, where this path leads you. But anyway, this, this uh, podcast, Neil was our first sort of, or I, I guess a way for us to check in on that journey. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. Holding yeah. your each one another accountable. Well, I will say bravo, Stu. Bravo Thanks. on that decision. It's not easy, but uh, you're already leaps and bounds ahead of many, many people. Um, and I remember something similar too. I, I, you know, I should say that I, I kind of applaud your foray into absurdity as well. One of the first things that Wyatt did that I really, really loved was when we were doing that writing group, and you wrote that like absurdist kind of weatherman piece. Oh yeah. Um, well, you mean the uh, stockbroker? Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Excuse me. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, it, I I love that kind of stuff, um, and I think that there's you know the the things that I loved growing up were like, gosh, I loved some weird shit. Like I loved Monty Python especially. Oh, yeah. I loved Kids in the Hall. Yes. I just loved like stuff that felt and even like, I mean it's very very mainstream now, but something like The Family Guy when it first came out I thought was revolutionary mm. because it was so. It was so top of mind. It was so hi- like hyper. Like I think Rick and Morty is the same way now. That, like it's, it's so you know. It sh- it feels like your synapse is firing when you're watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's true. We are big Python heads on this podcast. Oh fuck yeah. We uh we it comes up quite a bit. But yeah, that absurdity. Oh, it's so absurdity like slash irreverence. Is, yeah. is 
Always fun. I'm curious what Wyatt had to say on his phone call to you, Neil, to get you onto this podcast. I mean, judging by the caliber of phone calls you tend to have on a Friday afternoon, um, what did Wyatt have to have to sell? Well, it was actually it wasn't Wyatt. It was his friends, and they pitched this as an intervention. Um, they said, as as much as you have a lot of hate in your heart towards Wyatt and right. you can't can't get on a phone call without right. shaking like viscerally mm-hmm. just like wanting to white knuckling uh-huh. furniture um, you're perhaps the only person that can get through to him and stop this yeah. this this vicious charade of being an artist again in air quotes and uh, so they asked me to stage an intervention I was a little surprised that there weren't more people here um, thank God you're here. That you must know something about it. Um, yeah. Particularly, they were worried that Wyatt always seems to buy. I mean, look for a guy that doesn't paint. For a guy that paints, Wyatt buys a lot of acrylic paint. For a guy that doesn't paint, a little too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't help but notice why I you actually. I think I do pick up what he was putting down. Is he? Cl- he's claiming I either sni- sniff or snort my paint, or I eat my paint, which I don't even know what that does. That I would probably just mess up my bowels, but I certainly can't get high off of acrylic paint if that's what you're saying. And and um, this is ca- classic slandering. Oh, he's a, just a gone crazy. He started sniffing glue and eating paints, acrylic paints, and and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And it's it's just because I'm speaking the truth, and the truth is inconvenient for you. Well, this is why it made sense to me is because I think a lot of your heroes are artists whose work you can't quite touch, like Van Gogh or, you know, Chagall or Picasso, people that were, you know, sort of mad. Never heard of them. Uh, yeah, right. And um, I, I think that perhaps you can't get your hands on any absinthe. And so in the absence of absinthe, you decided to maybe just oh. take a little taste of the, the, the Kelly Green acrylic paint. And we're like, ooh. Well, that's as close to the green fairy as I can get. And then, and then you were like, hey, you know what? If that's what the way the green tastes, with that faint sousant of apple, maybe maybe red tastes well, like cherry. And I, think I hate to point out, I hate Stew. to point out the absinthe in logic in your uh, theory there, but um, yeah, yeah a little play on play on words, just like you, a little up your again. Court. Wyatt, I I want you to f- just know that you know I'm your co-host and I I'll stand by you and. Uh, I'm just so happy that that Neil is the guy to bring this intervention forward because I know how much you respect him. I mean, as your podcast co-host, you talk about him a lot. Um, he's kind of living every critique he mentions really hurts you because of, of the respect. So maybe, you know, you'll actually, his intervention will pierce through these walls, these kind of paint, layers of paint that have lined your digestive tract and your mind from from reality and um and maybe yeah. he can pierce through those and and we can start to make some progress here and and it's hard for me Wyatt as your friend to see you reject the idea of eating paint while your hands are covered oh come on with no paint. this like, is I can oh, see wow it in the this video. is <laughs> oh wow it's all over. this yeah i mean no painter what are you painting oh, with your knuckles i mean that's it's not what it looks like it's not it's what it looks see, like. I, was, I mean, it, 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 it looks like a chimpanzee tried to finger It's paint. not what it looks like. You know, I, I fully intended... Look, 
Stu, can I level with you? When, uh, when I first got the news that, uh, that White was painting and, uh, I, you know, I thought it was kind of cute that he was, he was, he, he was kind of after me because of my, my work with, you know, Critics Quarterly and uh, you guys. It's a trash, it, garbage publication and it deserves yeah. to be in the dumpster. Right, but we're, you know, we're kind of the go-to source of critique. And, um, well, you know, I thought it was cute. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll help this guy out. I'll, you know, give him a couple features. And I was fully prepared to uh, to do that. Then and there was this Wiley Bence controversy, which is, which has just turned out sad. And, um, and now it's like the, the real truth has been exposed that, you know, literally Wyatt is getting high on his own supply. Um, and and the irony is is look if he was actually making art about that about uh, a, a talentless hack who was eating his own acrylics, I could understand, uh, and that would be worth something. But um, uh, yeah, I just want to say we love you. We're here for you, and um, we'll stand by you no matter if you want to keep up the charade of being a painter or not. Um. Your love is is not necessary. None of that is necessary. Um, the offer, I appreciate the offer. It won't be necessary at this time. Mm. Well, Stu, should we should we introduce our guest, Mr. Bledsoe, to the face the critics portion of the podcast? Would you like to yes. explain to him? I, I have a hard time getting through to him. Sure. Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> I, I think it'll come pretty. Uh, it'll be pretty intuitive for our guest. Um, but what we do in the Face the Critics portion is we bring a piece of work that's in progress uh. and we, we, we throw it in front of the critics, regardless okay. of how ready it is, and, and we just let the critics open fire on our creative work. Okay. Um, and we were thinking with, with you as a guest this week that you would kind of just join the rotation. You'd be both a, a critic receiving uh, creative works and you'd bring a creative work to the critics if, yourself. If you have one. But okay. but but if you don't... If you have one. That's fine. You can be a critic, which is what you are. Uh, well, I mean, we can talk about my idea, uh, okay. Indiana's List. Right. Perfect. Oh, yeah. That's true. You already, you've already brought two profound yeah. creative ideas to the podcast. So I'm showing work first. This is a um, very... No, I'm not going to disclaim it. Something that my critics in my life have been giving me feedback on the podcast is before I bring my creative work, I give an elaborate disclaimer about why it will be bad. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to not do that this week. So this is a character who uh, I'm going to need a scene partner here to play the role of we are in a business meeting on Zoom. Okay. And I have a large deliverable that I am presenting to you. And you are trying to inquire about it and um, get me to share this deliverable over Zoom. Thank you guys all for, for joining me on the Zoom here today. Yeah, can you, um, can you hear me? Sorry, your, your computer's just a little jumpy. Go ahead and... Yeah, sorry. Sorry if I'm a little out of it. My foot's actually asleep. Um, but um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm, great, I'm glad you guys are here, and, and I'm just mm -hmm. trying to, to get my foot back to, to wake up. <laughs> so if you could just give me... Uh, a few seconds here. I'm, I'm just working on my foot. Thanks. Okay. So, um, so uh, you're uh, you're you know, on the the West Coast, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I love it out here. It's great for walking if you don't have a, a 
a foot that's asleep. Um, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, my my foot is totally asleep. It's it's. That's um, fine. That's totally fine. Totally fine. Um, whenever you're ready. Um. Yeah. It's just still working on the foot. So if 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 you guys wouldn't mind, just um maybe someone can give some background about about uh, uh what what this meeting is for. I, I'm just gonna work my foot up. All right. Sure. Well, we're clearly waiting on a deliverable from you. Uh, you've yeah. you called us to present a pitch, and yeah. uh, we're just waiting for that. But you're no. calling from the West Coast, and your foot's asleep, and apparently yeah, I was it's gonna, great for walking. Yeah, I was I was gonna build. I had that build that application for you guys. That was the plan. Um, uh-huh. But unfortunately, right. again, uh, yesterday my foot fell asleep, and it hasn't woken up. So um, the I don't really have anything for you. Uh, but but uh, I, I I'm sorry about this. And thanks for joining, but um, I'm just gonna need to wake up my foot. So um, again, we'll get that app out to you, but um, it's just hard to do when your foot's asleep. So um, thanks for joining. Okay. Okay, <laughs> we live in the meeting? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I, I love, just real quick, the... Uh, um, <laughs> that initial moment of um, I'm ready to start. I'm ready to start the meeting, but um, my uh, my foot is asleep. And if there's just a long sort of pause, like, okay, is that a yeah, is that a problem? As if like we can't go on yeah. without it. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't yeah. have. I shouldn't have explained the foot being asleep as much. I should have just like <laughs> cut off after my foot being asleep more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I uh, it's bizarre. It's very <laughs> bizarre, especially that you can't see i mean it's like well, why the fuck would that matter and also like <laughs> we would never see it and you could completely fight through it um yeah. i uh i imagine the um um what sort of could you play with like backgrounds or is there a way that you can get through just a little bit of the pitch a little bit yeah. and like just kind of like kind of keep pushing the envelope of because the gimmick right is that you never get to it and you can't get yeah. to it because your foot's asleep but it's like getting um and if there's always like a reason why you have to i don't know walk across the room or something like that but just like that <laughs> you, you can't do it yeah i think i kind of killed the scene when i was like oh i don't have the app because my foot was asleep it should have yeah. been like here's the app um you know we'll start here with like the screen about how to enter your medical information speaking of medical information uh they want to know a good nerve doctor for yeah could have been right more right right scene. right what's it for you're just writing a skit it's for it's for just yeah character play i actually my foot has been asleep all week because i damaged a nerve in my knee oh um, jesus okay <laughs> so a little bit more than just your foot being asleep like <laughs> yeah you yeah, actually have in... nerve damage <laughs> yeah um but it's uh it's on the mend and um good. I've had like a busy work week, so I, I I've been very distracted <laughs> by my foot yeah. being asleep. Love it. Um, Why you got something for us? I do. I, I'm just cognizant of time because Stu, you got a boogie in a couple of minutes. Yeah, aren't you? I'll do something yeah. real quick here. A little late. So this is a and again, usually Neil, these are very half baked <laughs> things. So with that said, yeah. uh, my nugget of the day is the grunge rocker who is um, looking for stuff at the grocery store, and he's sort of asking for help. And so, here we go, here it goes. Um, 
Oh, excuse me. I'm looking for an avocado, but not the soft ones. I want one maybe with a day or so. Yeah, you seen it. I walked around here four times. I don't know. I could have missed it again. Yeah, you see. Maybe banana too again. Not too soft. I don't like it. Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> And that's my nugget. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. I that's fantastic. I was just watching. Um, uh, you guys know the Ringer, right? The uh, the website, the Ringer. The Ringer is yeah. doing like yeah. uh, what is it? Like sixty songs or hundred songs that explain the nineties. And one of the ones that the, one of the ones that I just saw was they were doing Temple of the Dogs. Um, oh. um the hunger hunger strike. I'm going hungry. I'm going hungry. <laughs> Um, but so then they good. like got into, I then it just went down a rabbit hole. It went from there to singles, that movie, the Cameron Crow movie. Um, oh yeah. There's, and there's a great, yeah. like, um, Cameron Crow wrote a movie diary about the whole experience doing it. And like his, oh, wow. his love of like I, working with Matt I watched Dillon. this Pearl Jam doc. Oh, recently. cool. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. But it, like, I love that one. I have never seen it, but uh, oh, it's good. But I, dude, I, I love that. I, I, it's so like it's very niche, you know. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think it, it plays to a slightly older crowd, but uh. I think it's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I, dude, I, I, um, I think it fits in very well to the, um, to the oeuvre, if I can call it that, of your, uh, your little characters of the day. Um, that ah, uh, yes. that I I like it, dude. I, I and I like that format as well uh, because it's like it's so. It's it, I like the way you frame it, and it's like the, the way it kind of just shows up, and you're like, what the fuck? okay, yeah. and it's like it's almost a disclaimer, and then it's just this like bizarre flash of like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like a you know, it's a it's a bizarre parenthetical in my day. Uh, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> um, it's so true. The, especially like the intro text, and you're like, "Oh, something's coming from Wyatt here," and then it's like yeah, you're in Wyatt's right. world for 45, 30 seconds, and then right. Um, yeah. All right, so I've got I got three data points, and this is the thing I'm working on. This is the no bullshit thing I'm working on. I'm okay. doing a true crime podcast. Wow. About uh, an event that happened when I was in college, and in my third year. My buddy, my roommate, and I, we threw a party and somebody shit on our floor. And <laughs> we have never found the culprit. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's reaching back through the sands of time to the year 2000, through the fall of 2003, six months before Facebook was invented. So there is no digitized memory of the event. It's all analog. It's all, you know, it's all like um, disposable photographs and people's memories. And so... What it's about is it's about, ostensibly, it's, it's this kind of thing to investigate a, a crime that happened uh, nearly 20 years ago. But really what it's about is it's about how, how storytellers remember themselves and how the, the storytelling that they do personally and how that also, ex who they think of themselves, how they th thought of themselves then informs who they are now. And that's what it's about. Cool. Wow. I'm and, so listening to that. Yeah, I also feel like there's so much room to fuck with the form of true crime, crime podcast and like yeah. 
how those how those are run where you know it is often a reflection of of the host but they're not aware of it while they're doing the true crime podcast but right oh yeah right right so and 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 that's part of it so when when we hop off this phone call um the person that discovered the shit was my buddy's girlfriend and um he is uh he is going he he, they this is the woman he thought he was going to marry when he was in college this is kind of his like questing beast and like now he's like you know he's losing his hair he's 30 pounds overweight he's drinking too much and she's like a, a nurse with two kids and so part of it is like confronting those pasts as well and like um anyways we're gonna have a lot of fun with that uh third second really like random one i i am no bullshit i am the number four highest scorer of all time for oregon trail what? Yes. yes. What? Yes. I swear okay, to you. that's that's in that is I will send inc- you the that sc- is I will send you the screenshot. I will absolutely send you the screenshot. I couldn't I, believe that, it myself. That's insanely legendary because um no person lived through the 90s without playing that game. I don't know if there was a game so widely played Play, by the youth yeah. of the 90s that yeah the pool deal. with which you are competing is is massive to yeah. be in the top four so it might be every millennial yeah it might be it might it is the hunger games every millennial and then and then the last one i i got some news from a buddy's wife and she texted me out of the blue that there was a fake because i bled so account it was because i bled so underscore oh, yeah. one or underscore because i bled so one so i went down this rabbit hole and i, I i've investigated who this was and I got him to admit that it was like this Nigerian kid named Blessed who lives in Lagos State. And I, uh, I, I was like asking him all these questions about what his intent was with it, that he was like, and he fully admitted that he was going to like defraud people out of money. And then he like tried to kind of play upon my sympathies and was asking me, what if I was his son? And it was like, <laughs> it was bizarre. You thought it was me for a while. I know, I know, I know. I, was, <laughs> I, I did think it was Wyatt Bunce for a while. Uh, and, and then I thought it might have been Army Hammer, but, uh, you know, that he never wanted to meet me. But, uh, uh, yeah, but so, but, but so I'm also kind of at this point where I've had a lot of people reach out and say that the similar things have happened specifically with like Hallmark stars. And what I'm like <laughs> trying to figure out is like if there is this like niche world of them going after like very specific people, you know, not like fans of Tom Cruise, but like people that are low yeah. enough on the totem pole where it's kind of believable. You know, I have mm. I have like 10,000. I have a, a, like a, a drop in the bucket as far as followers are concerned. So it's like it's semi believable that I would like be reaching out mm. to each and every one of them. And so w- my next step, I think, is I got to reach out to the other Hallmark people and go, like, hey, like, do, do, do you want me to investigate this? And like, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I've never like it's pursued so the yeah. uh, the scam artist online before. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a. a I guess a professional version of catfished. Yeah, you know yeah. they where they yeah. where they're like, that's so fun. Yeah. It is amazing how a scam artist when you catch them is just like, oh yeah, it's that, this is just what I'm, this is my job. I was just gonna scam people. Like, it's, oh yeah, but he just, like, <laughs> confesses <laughs> to it. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is yeah. what I was up to. Yeah, I yeah. was I was doing that. Right, right, but he like he confessed to it and then immediately turned it into a charity case. He was like, so are you yeah. gonna give me money? And I was like, <laughs> ah, no, I'm not gonna give you any money. 
yeah. But, but then the irony is, I was just like, well, you know, I like I work with this group of uh, kids in Africa, these kids from Nairobi, and I was like, well, you know, you obviously have access to technology, and you're obviously smart. You obviously can tell stories. What if you did this instead? Um, uh, anyways, I haven't heard Bupkis from, but I'm on the hunt. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Yeah, um, fellas, I think I gotta, I gotta head out. Hey, bless you, Neil. Yeah. Neil, thank Great you so you, much man. for coming. Good to meet you too, Stu. Wyatt, I mean, yeah, get some talent. I don't know what else I can say. You know, why don't you bark up another tree? Why don't you take down another, a bigger fish? I'm I, just trying to paint. I will. I, I'm going after Van Gogh next. That's okay. <laughs> Fun yeah, figures. yeah. I way way next. All right, bye guys. <laughs> Thanks ya. so much, Neil. I realized I, I, I feel bad that you had to go first because he just had no context for what face the critics was, <laughs> and so I, I had the chance to explain. Hey, this these aren't really for anything except <laughs> <Yeah>. this, <laughs> you know. After I finished mine, he was like, "So what's that for?" Yeah, what's it for? <laughs> Which is a totally fair question, um, uh, but that's funny. It's okay. Get, got to get a little or, origin story to the podcast in there too. Yeah, I think that was awesome. Um, Stu, I know you have a, th- a hard out, right? I have a hard out, but um, yeah, good intentions this week. I'm gonna be in a communal living space as of well, Sunday, so we'll have some friends to make music with, and I'm gonna try to lean into that nightly, yes. nightly musical or daily some sort of musical. Uh, Jam session. Jam sesh. Love it. Um, my intention for the week is to keep asking, uh, I want to say keep asking level three, level four questions. Nice. Uh, keep adding excitement by asking people directly things that I want to know. <laughs> Fantastic. Listeners, that was episode seven of Face the Critics with guest critic Neil Bledsoe. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.